Welcome, everybody, to the Tea with Miss McGill show, Fueled by Blue Line Brews, episode 33, coming at you just a second here. I am Puka, that is Reed Larson, and we start the show every week with a little talk about Blue Line Brews. We showed you the cool little old K-Cups last week, so have you ordered your coffee yet, people? I mean, that's Reed, you know it's going to get cold, right? A 20 below on Saturday, so uh, it's bluelinebrews.com. Go down in the show notes, save 15 is the promo codes. If you want to go that route, like I said, you're going to want a hot cup of coffee this weekend on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's going to get cold. Snow all day today. So bluelinebrews.com, or if you're in Bemidji, the Iron Range, Twin Ports, Northern Wisconsin, you know, start looking for it at stores there. You can see the bag here. And then like I said, the K-Cups come in a box like this. 10% uh, of profits, as always, go to men and women who are injured or have fallen in the line of duty. So a really good cause. Hop over their Facebook page. They've got all kinds of info. You can give them a like, give them a share. Uh, like I said, great company, great cause, and great coffee. So bluelinebrews.com or check it out at a store near you. And thank you for everything you're doing, Blue Line Brews. It doesn't right, have Rito. to be cold for me. It doesn't have to be cold for me to drink coffee. Uh, it could be 95 degrees outside. And I'd still be looking for... Some blue line brews. Really? And you, you drink them hot in the summer or do you, yep. you, you ice them? Nope. Gotta be hot. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I calmed down a little bit of coffee. I, I turned more to orange juice, it seems like in the morning in the summer, but definitely in the winter. I need my cup of joe in my in my blue line brews mug and then hop in the car. It's cold because I got my hot coffee, keeps me rolling. So bit busy week, a lot of hockey. Yeah, we, we, we're on the cusp here of, of playoff hockey in the next week and a half. Uh, teams are starting to wrap up the regular season. And actually, this week is playoff week for the girls' high school teams. So our, our GRG Lightning are playing Duluth here right now at the IRA Civic Center in the first round of playoffs. So when that happens, that always means that boys' section tournaments are within a week and a half away. So ramping up. Uh, last two regular season games, two to three regular season games for most teams uh, in the state of Minnesota. And, and if you're looking at wanting to be at the big dance, you better be playing your best hockey right now. Exactly. Well, let's talk about some hockey here. So the KST, you know, it's a big game when it's the KSTP game of the week, which was held Tuesday night in Grand Rapids at the IRA uh, and overpaid a visit. And Rapids was ready to play, of course, after that disappointing loss last March, I guess it was. Yeah. Because the state tournament was in April. It was the last March uh, to go to the big dance. Um, so let's just start there. Thoughts on that game. Uh, yeah. I don't think that there's a, uh, a Rapids hockey player in the community. Uh, there isn't a player that was on the bench last year that doesn't remember what happened. I think every player that plays in our organization from top to bottom remembers that game last year. And I think uh, uh, that that went right into uh, everybody's attitude. They're, they're playing every game here uh, the way through. It's going to start. It started with that game last Tuesday, uh, like they are playing for a mission and they wanted to prove a point on Tuesday night that that trip is going to be theirs and that's the way they want to start to frame it obviously you're not going to win it to go to the state tournament on tuesday february 8th you have to wait until uh 
March 3rd to go to the state tournament. So, but they wanted to send that message and, and it was, I, I quite honestly, Pook, I've seen a lot of hockey in the last 20 years at the high school level. That could quite possibly be one of the best high school hockey games I've seen in 20 years. It was physical. It was fast paced. It was crisp. You had great hockey plays made. You had great saves made on both ends of the rink and it ended in dramatic fashion. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but there were, there was physical play, there was finished checks, there were power plays, there were penalty kills, there was a half of a line brawl that took place down in the corner underneath the old bandstand where there was a hit. It got avenged by a, a player from the other team. There were five guys in the corner tangled up. Um, it, we do have a family show here. We don't promote fighting in hockey, but it was energized um, with some emotions from last year. And it, it, those guys paid the piper, ended up sitting in the box. I think Rapids had four guys in the penalty box and overhead three guys in the penalty box. They were all two minute penalties. There was no five minute majors assessed there. Um, and the emotions continued. There were more bodies being thrown around the rink. There was some crafty play. Uh, Grand Rapids uh, obviously came out on top. They, they scored a goal in the second period to go up two to one. They hung on the entire third period until, um, like we said, dramatic fashion with zero seconds left on the clock. Miles Gunderson in his crease is knocked back into the net. Our guys are protecting the puck. One of Rapids players is knocked on top of the puck. Naturally, when you fall on it, you're going to cover it, but it got covered in the crease. Penalty shot with zero seconds left. Now, before that took place, Miles Gunderson legitimately had to make three huge saves with the goal he pulled on the other end. It's six on five. They're coming at Rapids with all cylinders pumping. Miles makes three big saves. The puck is sitting in front. You see the clock tick down to zero. You see a Rapids player get knocked down and he's on top of the puck. Uh, the Zelke uh, father-son duo was ref in the game. Troy Scott was linesman. Um, they made the call. The building was excited to see the finale, regardless if you liked the call or not. It was an exciting finish. Penalty shot because a player covered the puck in the goaltender's crease. And it just so happened to be Andover's best player it was Gavin Thorson on oh, breakaway, really? and he's going against ah. Miles Gunderson. Miles Gunderson shuts the door. The building erupts. Win. Uh, one of the most exciting yeah. games that I've and, seen. And all the Rapids guys that run out to Gunderson when the, when the original horn sounded. You know they were already celebrating. You know game they were over. On the ice already. Yep, they were on the yeah. ice thinking that it was over celebrating and the referees got his hands up like this going penalty shot penalty shot everybody's like what what what's going on and then hold oh, just wait a second let's see if miles can shut the door and miles shut the door it was awesome yeah so yeah two one win for rapids 32 21 were the shots in gr's favor you know it was a beast in this game why you know I, i'm gonna go and say who won the game for rapids was that third line especially mortensen even anki coming back was big but i in the pregame, I was into the KOZY boys and they'd interviewed, of course, Coach Chido and Coach said, we need to be physical. And I, uh, Mortensen, he played the most physical game I think I've ever seen him play. I mean, it's like he had, it looked like a big hit, like every shift. So that, that third line definitely came to play for Rapids. Well, I'll tell you what, the, uh, 
you're 100% spot on. I just, on my way up here from practice tonight to, to do the podcast, I was walking out to my truck with, with Wayne Mortensen. He was walking right next to me and I said, so what do you think? And he said, that game on Tuesday night was fun. And, and he said, we, we got to continue to play that way. And I said, Blainer, your line made our team's energy. And I said, they fed off you guys. I said, if you guys and that, if our third line can play that way the rest of the way, I said, the sky is the limit. You guys, there's nothing you can't do if you play that way. If you play physical, if you finish checks, uh, if you play great structure like you did and play with an attitude and an edge, I don't think there's any other third line in the state that plays that way. They were tough. And they, yeah. you said it, they made the game. The second line played one of their best games that they played with the DeMars, um, Sterl and Kerr line. Um, and the top line had scored a goal during the game too. They, they were, that was the line that ended up uh, getting the go ahead goal. The, the, the GWG went to Caden Nelson. So um, the, the, on the back end, I, I think quite honestly, that's one of the best games that I've seen in the last two years that I've seen Will Stauffer play on the back end. He was, fantastic miles Gunderson, uh, what can you say i mean it was, it was summarized by stopping the final play of the game on a penalty shot as to how well he played he played pretty good pretty darn good yeah. so it was it was fun and it yeah. sets the table for anybody that is watching section seven i think everybody's expectation is it should be those two teams in the section finals but that's why you play the games that's why you play the game. That's right. And we should remind our listeners that Andover and most of the polls was number one going into this game. Now, I haven't looked at any of the polls. I don't know when they when they come out. Maybe that'll be next week. But uh, so anyway, big win for Rapids, big section win, big, you know, win for the for the rankings. Uh, and like I said, sending a message for 7AA uh, down the road here, which, uh, like I said, likely these two will be squaring off in less than a month. All right. Really? Before on that. No, oh, I think that's a good way to, to sum up uh, Section 7 AA, but uh, you had some interesting information that you wanted to talk to uh, with some Section 7 single-A hockey. Yeah. Yeah, so I caught the, the Hibbing Falls game. Hibbing ends up uh, kind of ends up being blown out 7-1, uh, to one, uh, gets into running time, Hibbing out shoes some 44-12. to 12. But I just – and this is – you know, you notice this in all these kind of games, but, you know, the, the game's clearly over and things kind of start to get rough. You know, and and I, I don't like it. And I was going to ask you, because you know, if you if you ever as a coach ever, you know, just all of a sudden you see your team they're getting blown out. Well, I read you were the coach. Your team's never got blown out. But I'm, we'll talk about the other team. You know, you know, <laughs> yes, so, they have. But you know, so you know, just that you know, it's high school hockey. These are high school age kids. If you ever just whether it was Bantams or high school, called a timeout and said, "Listen, guys, stop the gooning up." The game is over. If you're really that angry, put your energy in to go score a goal, dump the puck, whatever. But let's let's not almost embarrass ourselves at the end here with with just some foolish play. Yeah, you know there there's been times um, I've been really fortunate in 18 years of coaching hockey, whether that be you know boys high school or girls high school or coaching Bantam hockey. It's been 18 years of doing this. And out of those years, I've really only had maybe one or two times where I've had to say, you guys are embarrassing yourself and we need to stop and refocus our energy. That It happens from time to time, but quite honestly, um, and I don't mean this as a dig to anybody that, that coaches hockey. I've got the utmost respect for anybody, but 
what I did learn from my experiences is what, you know, the times that that has happened to me before was I, I reflected and, and figured that I think my leadership was off. I felt like I was directing people with you know, my energy going in another direction um, instead of, if you, I mean, we've all heard the phrase attitude reflects leadership. Well, what better leader to your team than the guy that stands on the bench in the middle that runs your, your program. If, if, if you're the coach that's back there, that's barking and screaming and hollering at the referees and that's all you hear is negative things coming out of your mouth the whole entire time, then what do you expect from your players that are sitting right next to you? You have to be representing representative of, of the role model for those people. And if, if that's the expectation, that's what you're going to get. So if, if you're directing the energy to your players, if you're directing, directing them to do the right things, it's, it's habit that starts to come. And I remember the time that I'm talking about was a time that was my very first year coaching high school hockey. I remember coaching in Wilmer and, 2005 and we're in the first round of the playoffs against Sox center at their barn. And, and at this point in the season, I'm 26 years old. This is my first year coaching. I had lost the team two weeks before that. I didn't have no idea what I was doing. No idea how to control a group of teenagers. They got crazy at the end of the game and started running guys. They knew their season was over. They didn't care. I had lost them three weeks before that. And I think coaches need to realize the direction the team is going. And if they need to recharge things, sometimes that happens and you, you need to focus and get guys reeled back in. So yeah, there's times. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's the kids that are the issue and you, you need to be the leader to be able to figure out a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not pointing to falls, you know, in this example, I was watching the fall, but I mean, I, you've seen it everywhere. We've seen it for years, you know, and I just, it was something I kind of wanted to bring up here. Cause it just, like I said, just, uh, it, it, you know, in this case, it was running time, but if it if it wasn't, you know, uh, say it was a four goal game with three minutes to go, you're probably not going to score four goals. But then just slows the game down. It just, you know, like I said, NHL junior hockey, you're sending a message. That's different. There's there's no such thing as really sending a message in in uh, high school. Well, this is education. This is education based sports. Okay, and and you look at it, college college hockey is basically pay to play if you're talking or getting paid to play if you're playing division one you you're getting a scholarship that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars over the course of a few years uh so there's something different it's more of a business okay if you're playing junior yep. hockey that's a business they're going to tell guys to go out there and start blasting people through the boards but what when we teach education-based activities yeah, we're competitive. We want to win games. We want to have high performance and good competition, but we also want to learn life lessons from what we're doing. That's the whole goal of what we do. That's the whole purpose of what we do. Right. Great. Right. All right. Very well said. Anything else on that subject? Nope. All right. Let's move on to Iron Range Apparel in the Thunderbird Mall, Virginia, Minnesota. Exclusively... You can find the ODR line there at Iron Range Apparel. Uh, all kinds of swag. Uh, the Richters are great people. Uh, their, their son is the like 17 year old that founded ODR Outdoor Rink Hockey. It's kind of what it's short for, short for. So you can find hats, caps, sweatshirts, t shirts, jerseys there. Uh, I've talked to about lumberjack hats there. Lumberjack fleeces are kind of coming back in style. I've seen some of those. They have car window scrapers. You know, like I said, snowing all day today. 
made out of broken hockey sticks. So those are pretty cool. So get over to Iron Ranger Apparel. Get Buyer's Paradise. You can find something for everybody. Um, like I said, all kinds of Minnesota-themed uh, mugs and, and shot glasses and, and cups and, and, and just everything. So uh, get over to Iron Ranger Apparel in the third Thunderbird Mall and tell them the two with Miss McGill show sent you. All right. We were just talking a little bit about roughness. And I guess the term you would use melee. Big game last night down at Duluth. Duluth, Denfeld, Duluth East. Yeah, Duluth East uh, took tumble, uh, I believe. You know, if I if I'm wrong on the year, I'm probably only wrong by one year, one direction or the other. I think the last time that Denfeld had beaten Duluth East was 2013. It's been a while. Uh, going yeah. back in time, it's been years. Uh, of domination uh, they still had to play each other back in the Mike Randolph years um, that was probably the only single A team that Randolph would play at the time well now this is, things are a little different with COVID last year they had to play some other single A teams in order to get some games on their schedule now they've got new coaching staff so that isn't necessarily there anymore but they still have that competition between schools and the Duluth Public Schools between East and Denfeld, East side versus West side. It's been there. It's been a rivalry for years, but it's been dominated by Duluth East for 20 some odd years, 30 some odd yeah. years. It's been sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time Denfeld has beat them and they won six to two. Uh, but what was really interesting about it is, is East versus West Duluth battle Denfeld versus East. It, it, it turned into a little bit of like we use the word melee at the end of the game. It, it lost composure. Players were getting ejected from the games. We had players with five minute majors for boarding and 10 minute misconducts. We had players that are getting ejected with a major for fighting, uh, fighting in high school hockey. Yeah. So this yeah, turned yeah. into um, a game where discipline became an issue. Um, it sounded like there were uh, some words exchanged. I, I won't name names, but between the two staffs, I don't know what was what was said, so I won't pretend. Um, but but emotions ran high, composure was lost on both sides. It seemed to me by looking at the penalty minutes in this game from last night that um, maybe loss of composure was a little bit more on the Duluth East side. Uh, Duluth East ended the game with 14 infractions for 53 minutes of penalties. Denfeld had five infractions for 10 minutes of penalties. So uh, that's a normal game, but the 53 minutes with 14 infractions, two five minute majors, a 10 minute misconduct for, uh, for boarding and a game injection for fighting that is talking about maybe we've got to look at uh, the frustrations that took place. And it's been a tough year. I mean, we want to talk about Duluth East and how it's been a struggle um, to try and set that new culture. It's been a tough year. It's been up and down. So I'm sure frustrations yeah. are there and, and they are kids. We won't say that they're kids. This is a teachable moment. And here's a perfect opportunity uh, for the Duluth East coaching staff and Steve, to, uh, Steve Patosha to, uh, to utilize this teaching, teachable moment before going into playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Well, congrats to Denfield. Yeah. Big, big, big win. Like I said, it's been, yeah, it's been 30 years or so where, you know, East has definitely had the upper hand there. All right. While you were 
observing the Andover Rapids game. I was also observing it, but I had two games on. I also had the Hibbing Greenway game on. Uh, Greenway comes out with a 3 nothing win. 44 shots put on by Hibbing, zero goals. Read. We talked in our preseason show where Hibbing, the, the one weakness that we thought they might have is, is they just there isn't really that guy that's going to get them 20 or 25, you know. Um, and so another thing I noticed, shot 44-25 were the shots. So 69 shots in a high school game. Is that on the, the heavy side? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, 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 was, that was another uh, observation I had. Um, but obviously, you know, real big night for Nathan Jurgensen. Netminder for Greenway. Yeah, and you know what? That we did talk about just specifically. You know what? What do some of the teams have for uh, for strengths in the area and 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 weaknesses in the area? And you mentioned that you know Hibbing doesn't necessarily have that twenty five goal scorer, so their weakness is probably on the front end, putting pucks in the net. Well, um, the formula to that is uh, with Greenway is their their strength is in their goaltending. They've got Jurgensen and Jibo, both great goaltenders. Both of them played the HP High Performance Spring Tournament last year, both worthy to play in it. They were tough. Um, and obviously it made a difference. Now, correct me if I'm wrong with this game took place in the snake pit this time, which we all know uh, is a very hostile place to play when you're the away team, especially when Greenway has got starting to look at they're starting to play on the, the, the better end of their season. They now they're starting to do some good things. More fans are coming out of the bars, the locker room, everything else. They're ready to roll into the snake pit and watch some high school hockey. So the snake pit gets full pretty quick when they're having a good year and it's tough to play there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've won games there, but didn't win all my games there. That's for sure. <laughs> so congratulations Greenway. All right. Friday. I wanted to mention this. I went to the Hipping High School Auditorium. Uh, some of you may have heard about the documentary Hockey Land. It covered the Eveleth Masabi East Gilbert season two years ago when Coach Terrell was still the coach. And I actually went to the event with, with uh, Coach Terrell. And it also followed the Hermantown team from two years ago, the year they had uh, Blake Biondi, who ended up going on and winning Mr. Hockey. They got second in state that year. And they kind of Concentrated on four, four storylines, four people, Elliot Van Orsdell, Will Troutwine, Indio Dowd, and, and then the aforementioned Blake Biondi. Uh, but about an hour and a half, really good. If you Now they're going to be they, – they did some premieres in Duluth last week and then Friday night in Hibbing, and then they're, you know, they're going to try and get this sold to like a, a Netflix or some streaming service. And uh, they had a reception at, at uh, Boomtown after, so I was talking with – with TJ Haynes, who, who put the whole thing together. And he said, he's hoping to, I think, get it out in the fall is, is kind of what it sounds like. So hockey land, it's the documentary. I was confused because remember they're filming the movie with the way of the warriors. So I was thinking it was something with the movie. It's completely separate. It has nothing to do with the movie. The movie's still on hold. That was also being filmed in Ebola. So this is just a documentary on the would be what the 2019, the 1920 season. So for both Hermantown and, and Evlo. So if you get a, check to, a chance to check that out down the road, I highly recommend it. Uh, all right. So if you like what you're hearing so far, please strike that thumbs up button or even better yet, share. Who is hungry? Talking about food. It's time to go back to Evlo to the Rink Sports Bar and Grill, who is now serving breakfast just down from the Hockey Hall of Fame. Full menu, full bar, Friday fish fries, 
Uh, like I said Lent is coming soon, so keep that in, in, in your back of your mind that uh, your place to go for your Friday fish fry will be the Rink Sports Bar and Grill. You can order online at rinksportsbarandgrill.com or give them a buzz, 248-8582. All right, time to do some previewing here, uh, Reed. I'm going to kick this one off. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, Rock Ridge, the 10-10 and 10 Rock Ridge Wolverines will be at the 14-7-1 Proctor Rails. And talking with an assistant coach in the area here, he thinks that that, that game is going to decide the number three seed for seven single A coming up here. Um, Rock Ridge last game uh, was a 5-1 loss to Hermantown. Proctor's coming off a 6-2 win over Princeton. Coach Johnson um, was also at the Hockeyland documentary. So I did talk to him at the, the um, uh, get-together at, at Boomtown after. And he said kind of likes the way things are coming together for his team and and uh of course we've discussed many times Kangas is probably going to be the key down the stretch here yeah I think he is I, I actually had a really nice conversation with with coach Ben Johnson um not this Monday but the previous Monday I was over there to call the game um the Rock Ridge game uh, with them in International Falls and I had a chance to visit with he and coach Colby in the coach's office um afterwards and and he, he said the same thing. He said, things are starting to line up. Well, that was just after they had beat Denfeld, big win. Um, he really liking the way his team is playing, really liking how the goaltending is going. He had a rough start to the year um, and starting to settle in with that, uh, with that position in mind and the confidence that he needs to make a run. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think this Proctor, this Proctor game, uh, it could Definitely consider uh, the three seed. I know that uh, obviously Rock Ridge has got a, a little bit of a head, a little bit of a headpiece on that um, because they beat Denfeld, but you still look at head to head. I still think even the season that Denfeld has had, <clears throat> they probably still have the two seed. However, I have heard people say that uh, since that win from Denfeld, if Rock Ridge finds a way to win out, they may get that two seed. Obviously, they they didn't beat Hermantown. Oh wow! I anybody, I don't think anybody expected them to beat Hermantown, except anybody that lives in the Virginia Eblith area. Uh, but but people have said they uh, if they can win out all those games, but the Hermantown, they they could be looking at the two seed. Um, but if they don't win over Proctor, then they could be the four seed. Oh, and like I said, I watched Proctor with last, was it last week? I think it was Monday of last week. And like I said, they came up, showed a lot. They, they were flat in the first period. They came back and showed a lot of fight and scored those uh, late goals. And then, and uh, you know, won that game. Although they did lay an egg, then the next couple of nights later, they went superior and laid an egg. So, but that, you know, that's kind of high school sports a little bit, but uh, so yeah, yeah, it happens. All right. You wanted to preview, uh, boy, you know, rapid schedule just doesn't get any easier as you guys keep going uh, through the month of February. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, we talk about that. We, we go through these and I talk to a lot of people that watch the show and geez, read every year, every week that you preview, you're previewing a rapids game. Well, I tried to find one that was going to be a different game that people would be excited about. Um, that was a double a game in the area or a double A team playing somebody that was really good that was other than Rapids. And I, I guess I couldn't find one that was bigger than Rapids Hermantown next Tuesday. Uh, we do, to, we do play tomorrow. We play St. Thomas Academy and that we, no one is looking past that. That's going to be, that's going to be a big game. Uh, um, but 
if we're talking about area teams right now, the one that people are looking forward to is Tuesday, February 15th at the IRA Civic Center. We'll have that on my nine. Bob and I will be calling that one. That's Grand Rapids and Hermantown. Uh, probably the most anticipated game of the year. Um, for people out of the Hermantown area, they're thinking we can be play with anybody in AA hockey. Why not the team that, uh, the other team in the area that people consider being the top team up in the North? Well, these two teams have matched up against each other for a number of years through Peewees and Bantams. It's always been a battle. Now at the high school level, it's gonna be fun to see these two teams play. Um, things are shaping up. You've, you've got guys that are, are playing really good hockey for Rapids. You got a goaltender that's hot at Grand Rapids. You, you've got a third line that's pumping at Grand Rapids. On the flip side, at, at Hermantown, things just never slow down. I mean, they've, they've Zamplant has probably pay, played half the games, but it's still got like 47 points uh, sitting in that range somewhere. His little brother is, is le uh, leading the team in assists, I think, or, or close to it. Um, Max, yeah. uh, they've got a goaltender in Garen Upsall that just set a record for the most shutouts in a season or the most consecutive shutouts, most consecutive shutouts in a season, I think six in a row. So they've got good things going on both ends and it just sets the table. Obviously this game matters for bragging rights in the area for, you know, Northern Minnesota hockey. It matters for who's the best in the area, but ultimately it doesn't matter for section seedings. It might for Hermantown, uh, but they're already the one seed anyway. Uh, Section 7 AA doesn't have a voting process. Um, there's a QRF. And the way the QRF algorithm works is really weird, but uh, it, it doesn't really bode in a AA's team's favor to play a single A team unless you win them. It really hurts if you lose yeah. because they're a single A versus a double A. You're expected to beat them. Um, yep. And of course we know how good they are. So it, it is one of those games where Rapids has to beat them. Um, Hermantown doesn't have to, um, but they want to, <laughs> uh, but Rapids has to, otherwise they, they continue, they will drop in the QRF. Uh, I don't think they'll drop far enough to go to a three seat. They're sitting at a pretty comfortable two, um, but Andover, even with the win over Andover on Tuesday, Andover is still in the lead in that QRF. So. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, back and that's in Rapids. Yes. Okay. In, in Rapids on Tuesday night. All right. A word for Minnesota hockey camps. Minnesota hockey camps, uh, the camp where the pros go, um, got my hat on here today. We, uh, Minnesota hockey camps is located in breezy point, Minnesota. Puka's wearing his as well. Located in breezy point, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota hockey camps.com. They've already start to, they're already starting to fill camps up for the summer. If you're looking for a good skill camp on ice twice a day, dry land once a day, classroom once a day, uh, you get a chance to stay in the dorms catered by Mossieri restaurants, Cross Lake, they cater food into the dorms that are there. Uh, it's a fantastic atmosphere for kids to, to for kids, uh, for skill development in the summertime. Uh, as young as squirts all the way up to pro professional players that are there, it's great to have kids that want to get better work on skill development. It's really easy for people to say, I want to spend $2,000 or $3,000 a summer playing for this AAA team or that AAA team. Instead, 
Some people are choosing to focus on spending their money on skill development, going to camps, learning to get better as a player, uh, skills, 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 um, and doing that at the camp where the pros go. All right, perfect. Thank you. Some scores to catch us up from last week. Greenway took care of Crookston five to three. Red Lake Falls ran over International Falls seven to one. Ty Kennett, the Giddy Up Award this week. If you guys don't know who Ty Kennett is, he's been the leading scorer in the state basically the whole season. He's got 79 points, but another five-point night against International Falls for the youngster from Red Lake Falls. World six, three over East Grand Forks. Roseau skated past three for River eight, two. The game I previewed last week, Northern Lakes with a big three or four, two win over Cambridge Isanti. Cambridge Isanti 15, one and one in their last 17 heading into that game. So still, you know, 15, two and one. So still uh, a good year for Cambridge Isanti, but uh, big, you know, big win for my Northern brother Lakes. and his boys there. Big win for uh, my yeah, brother yeah. boys at uh, Northern Lakes. I know that was highly anticipated game. We, we spoke on the phone um, just before that game and, and he, uh, he mentioned, he said, oh, it sounds like Puka was giving us a shout out on the tee with Miss McGill as our preview game. And, and he said, that is going to be a big one for, for us and for them. So good for them, Northern Lakes, good for another area team, another uh, area team that supports us. Obviously, we've, uh, we've added them to our list of teams we want to watch because we've got sponsors coming out of that area. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We do appreciate all you do. And congrats to Northern Lakes. Big win. Uh, Rock Ridge fell to Sartell Saturday, 3-1. to one. North Shore got by Ely, 4-2. to two. The Spuds buried Bemidji, 7-4. to four. And we spoke a little bit about Duluth East. So East won in overtime over Cloquet, 4-3. to three. Noah Tang scored with 15.7 seconds to go in Cloquet to get the victory. And Cake Eater update. We actually have a fan, 1974. Edina Grad got a hold of me. He's known as Walleye Scott. So Walleye Scott, here it is. I'll give you a few seconds of fame here. Over the week, the Cake Eaters beat Hill Murray three to one. So I guess it was Cake Eaters, you know, basically beating beating other Cake Eaters. But well, um, they would call it Cake Eaters beating Daddy's money. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, there you go. So yeah, three one win for Edina over Hill Murray last week. All right. That should pretty much conclude. Anything else? No, just just look forward to uh, another week. Like like we said at the beginning, we are we're ramping up in high school hockey right now. Teams are anywhere from two games to three games remaining in the regular season, starting to knock on the door as to what their seed is going to look like uh, come that last second to last week in in February. Uh, teams should be playing their best hockey. Coaches should be excited. Players should be excited. I've got my playoff beard going. This baby's not going to be trimmed at all whatsoever until hopefully after the second weekend of March. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're looking good. All right. Awesome. Well, good luck to uh, your, your squad and the varsity squad. Uh, please comment on the show and anything we, you know, we talked about today, feel free. We like, we like hearing your comments. If you want to contact us more privately, goat sports media, LLC at gmail.com. Like I said, if you dig the show, please share it out. Give us a like, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Uh, big thanks, as always, to our partners. Again, here's the, the K-Cup. Uh, Blue Line Brews, the Ring Sports Bar and Grill, Iron Ranger Apparel, Minnesota Hockey Camps, 
Iron Range Goalie Academy. And remember, we'll have this link also in the show notes. C4 got a hold of us to remind you, new, brand new drink out there, C4 Skittles flavor. So go ahead and, and click the link and, and you can order online right there. We are good. now on Rumble. So if you're a Rumbler, you can check us out. Goat Sports is where you'll find us. All one word, Goat Sports on Rumble. We are Before on we... Instagram too. T I'm with sorry? Miss McGill. We are on Instagram too. T with Miss McGill. Oh, better yet. Okay. I got to check that out. Gonna write that down. All right, perfect. For Reed Larson, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the Tea with Miss McGill show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.